Okay, this evening we're going to talk about, we'll talk about Noah. And I uh, prepared my Amikomot, but Rabbi Sachs, who reads them, told me that I spoke about something similar last year. But it won't be the same. It'll be different. I had to listen to what I said. I never did that before, <laughs> ever. But I listened to what I said last year to make sure that this year I won't say exactly the same thing. But Noach is Noach. What? <laughs> okay. So anyway, Noach is presented to us, uh, let's say, at the end of the parasha of Bereshit as follows. It says in the Pasuk, right at the top of the page, Noach Matzachein Beinei Hashem. Noach Matzachein Beinei Hashem. So this is, uh, uh, on the face of it, something that we understand. But we look at it more carefully, I think we will agree that uh, we lack understanding. Like in modern Hebrew you say, Zemotzechein Beinei. Meaning, I like it. Right? Matzachein. Rashi doesn't say a thing, does not relate to the Pasuk at all. I guess that means that he thought that it was obvious, it was clear to everybody what the Pasuk was saying. The Ramban, the Ramban says, well, this is a word that's used in many different places in the Torah, but it's hard for us to understand what connection there could possibly be between Esther Matzachin Right, in Megillat Esther, that Esther was uh, very uh, uh, appealing to all those who saw her. And Noach Matzachin. I mean, what possible connection could there be between Esther Matzachin and Noach Matzachin? So the last pasuk in the parasha of Bereshit leaves us with this problem. What does Matzachin mean? Now, this problem is either alleviated or exacerbated by the next pasuk, which is the first pasuk in the parasha of Noah. And that pasuk says, Noach, Eile toldot Noach. Okay, you know that the word toldot is, uh, Rashi explains, might mean uh, uh, biological generations and might mean what in English we say histories. But what was the, what did Noach do? What did his children do? A kind of, that kind of a story. But Ela told out Noach. And then the Pasuk, there's a comma. After told out Noach, as though the Pasuk wants to say something about Noach. And what does the Pasuk say? Noach is tzaddik. He's a righteous man. Tamim. He is whole. Tamim. He's not blemished which is also a kind of a, a pretty positive thing to say about somebody. Tamima Yabidorotav. This presents us with the problem, as we shall see, like, what does Bidorotav mean in his generation, plural. Noach. <coughs> Noach, walk with God. Now that seems to be um, approval. I mean, something very positive about about Noah. Uh, of course, if I go back to the previous Pasuk, and they say, with Noah Matzachain, so it either helps me or it doesn't help me. I mean, I said, we said that we didn't understand what Matzachain means. Do we understand it now? And if in fact Noah was a Tzaddik and a Tamim, 
And that the Lukibit Halech Noach, so who cares about the Chain? I mean, of course. I mean, you can leave that Pasuk out as far as we understand. It's sort of, I think, uh, the problem is, is intensified. The problem of the Pasuk, Noach Matzachain, Beine Hashem. I mean, like what? We have no idea about what Noach did and what Noach was, uh, was about. He just is discovered. When it comes to Avram Avinu, when it comes to Avram Avinu, the Torah tells us, That's Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu is the one who listened to the divine command. Right? Avram Avinu. Noach, he didn't do anything. I mean, God told him to build an ark, and he did it enthusiastically. He never spoke to anybody about what he was doing. It was kind of, you know, if God tells me to do it, I'll do it, but I'm not going to get excited about it. That's Noah. Now, how does Rashi explain this pasuk? And everybody should know or should remember this Rashi, but we'll look at it together. Ela told Noah, Noah, Ish Tzadik, Ho'il, Vizkiro, Siper B'Shivcho. Rashi says, Rashi says that really, that should be sufficient. But it says, Ela told out Noach, and then what should come after Ela told out Noach? Shem, Vacham, Vyafet, his children. His children, Ela told out Noach. But, uh, Rashi says that uh, there's a lesson here. There's something that, that when you mention the name of, a, of an important person, so you say something nice about him, or say about his deeds. You say something about his deeds, like we say, uh, Shlita. Right? So somebody should live, should have Orachim, uh, and we distinguish him somehow. And that's in the Pasuk in Mishle that says, Zechet Tzadik Livracha. So, in other words, Rashi says that, first explanation of Rashi is that Noach East Tzadik doesn't really fit, it has nothing to do with the context. It's something that's added. But the second interpretation, Rashi says, right, the Rashi says, Dabaracher, you know, Dabaracher is always a problem in Rashi. And we have to always try to figure out why Rashi gives two interpretations. Right? Uh, I think that Nechama Leibowitz was uh, very uh, enamored of the, inter- of the explanation that said that interpretation A is not good enough, so you have B. And B is not good enough, so you have A. <coughs> which would mean that according to Rashi, he doesn't understand what the Pesach means. <laughs> which I don't, I don't see the advantage to having A and B. I, I think a more reasonable interpretation is that A and B together somehow form the correct understanding. So let's see how it works here. I, I, I'm not so interested in that particular topic. But, That toldot, it reinterprets the word toldot. Toldot doesn't mean only biological children. But toldot means the, I mean, what do you call that? Uh, what do you call that when the butterfly flaps its wings over here and in China, 
think what? Yeah. Chaos. It's chaos theory. Because everybody affects everything. Right? Everybody, whatever you do, you affect everything else in the world. But tzaddikim, they have a tzaddikim effect on the world. That's the davar acher. So the first interpretation of toldot is formalistic. The second interpretation is more meaningful, more in the context. Well, teach me something. Okay, so this is what this is what Rashi says. Now Rashi the, the, interprets the word bedorotav. Uh, this is of course the crux of the understanding of uh, of Noah, and he says Some of the rabbis say that this is complementary. That if, uh, if Noah had lived in a generation of righteous people, he would be more righteous. He would be even more, he would be even more righteous. Did I miss something? There are those who say that this is an insulting statement about Noah. Um, uh, the fish, Tzadik. It was a real tzaddik. He was, you know, like he lived in a, in a generation of bad people. They all died. So that generation, you could call him a tzaddik. Had he lived at the time of Avram Avinu, he would not be considered um, as having any value at all. So this explains the crux of the issue as it is connected to Noah. Noah is a kind of a mysterious figure. Mysterious that we can't evaluate it. That's what Rashi said. What did Rashi say? You understand that Rashi created an interpretation. Because in the base Medrash, in the base Medrash of the Tanaim, and they're all sitting there, and they're learning Chumash, right? So some of them say, Noah was a tzaddik. And others of them say, no, was not such a great tzaddik. But each of them knew Noah. You, you, you understand? The ones who said that Noah was a tzaddik, they didn't care what the other people said. For them, he was a tzaddik. When they, when they taught this puzzle to their students, they said, oh, Noah, big tzaddik. The other guys, they thought that Noah was not such a big tzaddik. So when they taught their students... So that they said, well, the Torah said, Sadiq, tongue in cheek. It doesn't really mean that they were Sadiqim. But it means that, that, that relatively speaking, you know, he was a kind of a Sadiq. But really, he wasn't a Sadiq uh, at all. That's, but Rashi, right? Rashi, he doesn't choose. What does he do? He puts in both opinions. So if he puts in both opinions, if I learned the Chumash with Rashi, what's my position on, on Noah? Don't know? That's Rashi's creation. You want to know what Rashi created? He created doubt. You're looking at me like I did something I shouldn't have done, but... Uh, you, do you, you, you understand that? If somebody learns Chumash with Rashi, he confronts Noah with this Rashi. 
What does Rashi say? Some people say he's a tzaddik. Some people say he's not such a big tzaddik. Right? So, I'm the student. What am I supposed to say if somebody asks me? I'll say, I don't know. Some people say this. Some people say that. But in the time of the Tanoim, the people who said that Noah was a big tzaddik, they thought he was a big tzaddik. And the people who said he was not such a big tzaddik thought he was not such a big tzaddik. But they didn't, they didn't have to talk to each other. They didn't have to agree. But Rashi created the doubt. I mean, I'm not saying Rashi was not dependent on Chazal. Of course he was dependent on Chazal, but he created doubt as far as we are concerned, literarily. Now some kind of nudnik could come along and tell me that, that Rashi's grandfather already said something, something. That's not the point. Right? The, the point is that doubt is created from lack of doubt. But it depends how far you stand away and look at it. If you see, some say this and some say that. So there's doubt. That's what Rashi, there's a Rashi created Noah. Rashi created Noah. And Rashi's creation of Noah goes against the simple interpretation of the Pasuk, which is that Noah was tzaddik and a tomim and hitalech, etelukim hitalech. It's clear in the Pasuk that he is righteous, special, unique. All of that is clear. And Rashi says, no, not clear. And what is what's hanging on? The word Bedorotah. The word Bedorotah in his generations is not clear. It's not clear to us what that means. <coughs> so Rashi created, Rashi created a tzaddik who was not such a tzaddik. Right? It was, we don't know. We have no way of knowing. Okay. One more Rashi. Oh, one more thing Rashi does. One more thing that Rashi does. At the end of the Rashi it says, If he had lived at the time of Avram Avinu, nobody would have noticed him. He would not have gotten billing. like a, He would not have been on the billboard of Jewish history at all. So that Rashi introduces this new idea, which is that the measure against which you determine righteousness is Avram Avinu. And, and therefore we will have to figure out how is Noah different than Avram Avinu. I mean, Rashi says it. Rashi says, Well, what was the difference between them? So Rashi, the next Rashi says, Et Elohim italech Noach, Et Elohim God, or Noach walked with God. Right? Noach walked with God. <coughs> so uh, uh, Rashi says, Uba Abraham uomer, Italech lefanai v'yetamim. Akkodesh Baruch says to Avram Avinu, go before me. Because Avram walked before God, and Noah walked with God. And so Rashi says, um, and he quotes another, another uh, verse, it is, Noah hayat tzirich sa'ad litomcho. Why was it, et ha'elokim italech Noah, that Noah needed support. He needed to be supported by God. God said to him, build an ark and I'll save the world through you. Noah said, I can't do that. 
I mean, I'm not that kind of person, but that big. So, Noah went with God to do what he had to do, which is seen by Rashi as being a negative. But Avram Avinu, he ran with the ball. He knew what he had to do. He knew where he had to go. That was the difference between Noah and Abraham. So Rashi changes. I mean, through Chazal, but Rashi changes the words of the Pasuk. The words of the Pasuk are, what are the words of the Pasuk? Et ha'elokim et ha'lech You could say, I could say, I wish, like, you know, on my tombstone, that somebody would say that about me. Right? It's like, it's, it's a compliment of an, I think, unbelievable compliment. Unbelievable compliment. Rashi says, not such a compliment. Not such a big deal. In other words, Rashi is creating in our minds a, a tension like between Noah and Abraham. We have to answer that question. Why was it that Avram Avinu was the beginning of Jewish history and not Noah? I mean, Noah saved the world. The world was saved because Noah was a tzaddik, a tomim, and Eta Elohim is Halech Noach. But Rashi says, no, not so much. His tzidkut is not clear. And Eta Elohim is Halech Noach really represents a weakness and not a strength against, against the simple pshat. But Rashi knew, it didn't matter to Rashi, because Rashi knew that Avraham wins and Noach loses. I mean, everybody knows that. I mean, we all know that. We may not know why, but we know that when we say Shimon Esrei, we say, it all starts from Abraham. There is nothing before Abraham, zero. It's a blank space. It's a blank, blank. There's no Adobarishon. There's no Chavo. There's no Kayin. There's no Hevel. There's no Sheit. There's no <coughs> ten generations. Nothing it all starts from Avram Avinu. And therefore, therefore there are like a lot of creations that are going on in these two parashiyot, or the third parashiyot, parashiyot, a lot of creations. The world was created, Adam and Chava, right? The world was recreated. The world was recreated, Noah, after the Teva. The world was further created, Avraham Avinu. But when we think of the creation of the world, we say the world started from Avraham Avinu. What do we mean? From Avraham Avinu, the world could continue to exist. The world could not exist based on Adam and Chava, could not exist based on Noah and his people, could only exist after Avraham Avinu. And this kind of uh, crestomathy which uh, Rashi was, of course, well aware of, but Rashi knew it better than anybody else, is something that he's explaining to us. He said, don't get carried away. Noach is not Abraham. Everything real starts from Avram Avinu. <coughs> That's what Rashi is saying. So if you look here, Rashi says, Italech, no. Eta Lukim Italech Noach. Uba Avraham Umed Alech Lefanai. 
נוח היה צריך סעד לתום חוי, ורש"י said a pshat, I mean this is not, I mean who could say a pshat like that? I mean what connection is there to what it says in the pasuk? Nothing obviously, but Rashi insists, because Rashi is not just interested in saying pshat, Rashi is teaching us what he thinks we have to know, we have to understand that the world correctly starts from Avram Avinu and not from Noah. And that this Pesach has to be refined a little bit in order to help us get to that, to that uh, uh, impression. Now, <coughs> I want to remind you of a Pesach that's not on, uh, it's not on the sheet, but because it's Bushit. But it's a Pesach that is very much Related to to what we are, are learning in Parag Zion, if you want to make a note, is that where it is? Parag Dalid, Parag Dalid. I'm sorry. Parag Dalid, Pasuk 29, right? Which probably means that it didn't mean he had, that he had no other children. It just means that when he was 182 years old, he had a son of note. Well, I don't really know. You know, I mean, this is like uh, people say things like that based on comparative, um, some sort of comparison between the way the Babylonians said it and the way the Hebrews said it, but really, who, who cares about the Babylonians? They were worth their salt, they'd still be around, right? But they're not. Who cares? Lemech had a son when he was 182 years old. That's what the Pesach says. So Lemech had a son whose name was Noach, our Noach, right? The Noach that we are interested in. And then in a kind of a departure, a kind of departure, it, it gives you an etymology. You know, the Torah very often gives etymologies of names. Right, the children of Yaakov or Beedle, you know, all, all were etymologies. So here, uh, uh, Noah had an etymology. And then it says, <laughs> So the Pasuk says, means, you will be appeased. Uh, this one, Noah, will appease us. Will be. Will do something that'll make us feel better. And what's the yenachamenu? Will make it easier for us to do things. And from the the weariness of our hands. And what is the Pesach, what, what is that? So Rashi says, Rashi says that Noah was able to create, Noah was able to create tools which could be used 
to plow the land. Even though, even though uh, the Torah says, it was when, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu punishes Adam HaRishon Chava right you know each of them get their punishment the punishment of Adam the Torah says you listened to your wife and you ate from the tree that I told you that you shouldn't eat from the earth that you're going to have to work. I'm going to kick you out of Gan Eden. You're going to have to work the land in order to be able to eat. The Adama. There'll be a curse on the earth. And Rashi says that the curse is that there'll be, there'll be bugs and, and all kinds of creepy crawly things that'll destroy what you grow. That's called Arirahadamaburecha. So God cursed the Adama. God cursed the Adama. Noah Noah modified, mitigated, changed that into a less uh, uh, oppressive kind of curse by inventing by inventing the tools that the farmers could use in order to make the crop are less susceptible to that kind of destruction. Right? So God said, Aruah Adama. <coughs> Noah came along and said, <coughs> Noah came along and said, I can show you how to avoid the curse, how to grow the crops in spite of the curse. And that's what Noah, that's what Noah did, that's what Noah did according to Rashi. Now, if we look at uh, Perichet on the sheet, Perichet, it says, Vayiveh Noach Mizbech Lashem. Noach built a Mizbech when he got out of the Teva. Vayikach mikol ha-beimah Torah, mikol ha-ofa tohovayal olot ba-mizbech. So, in other words, immediately when he gets out of the, gets out of the ark, who does he imitate? Who does he imitate? Heaven. Right? It is the, it's true the Chazal say that other Marishon also gave sacrifices, but it's not written in the Torah. What is written in the Torah is that Hevel brought sacrifices. Right? Hevel brought sacrifices, and Hevel, <coughs> Hevel brought sacrifices uh, uh, because that's what he had. He grew, he had flocks, right? So, Noah starts his history, so to speak, as Hevel. But he's not satisfied with that. He says, because uh, when the Pesach says, Vayorach Hashem Ezreach HaDichoch, Vayom Hashem Elibo, Lo Asif Dekalel Odet HaAdama, Ba'avur HaAdam. So that God was pleased by the sacrifices, and the reaction was that God said, I will no longer curse the Adama, the land, because of what man did. So you have like two points here. First, Rashi taught us that Noah modified the curse by creating tools that made it possible to do agriculture in a better way. 
And the second thing is that God was pleased by the fact that Noah gave sacrifices, started off his career, say, as the first man in the world, by giving sacrifices, and therefore, Kodesh Bohu said, somehow the curse is going to bring, uh, uh, be modified, or rescinded even, right? And, and uh, he says, Lo osif the kalel odet So you see that Noah operated on two levels. One, he discovered the tools, and the second was he gave the sacrifices, and the result of which the the uh, the uh, uh, curse of the land was modified. In the beginning of Perictet, in the beginning of Perictet, it says, "Vayevarech Elokim et Noach vet Banav, vayoma lahem pruravu miluet haaretz." This pasuk is. Right, the, the mitzvah puravu, which is exactly the same mitzvah that was given to Adam Arishon. And therefore you see from the Pasuk that Noah took the place of Adam Arishon in history. Right, our history, there was Adam Arishon. There was Adam Arishon. He, he received the mitzvah from God, puravu. And then there was Noah who received the same mitzvah because he started, he started the world over again. Pasuk Kav. In other words, it was not enough for Noah to be Hevel. Noah wanted to be Kayin. He wanted to be Kayin. So what did he do? <coughs> I mean, he had, he had on the... I don't know where he got all these plants from. But it doesn't matter. When he was on the Teva, God told him, take the animals. And God told him that the kosher animals should take seven by seven and the trade animals two by two. So Noah knew, according to Rashi, that God wanted him to sacrifice the animals. That's why there were so many of them, of the kosher animals. But this was not sufficient for Noah. Noah here, Pasuk, in Pasuk uh, um, Kaf, Breshit Peraktet Pasuk Kaf, Ayachel Noah Isha Adamah. <coughs> Noah said, it's not enough for me to be Hevel, I also want to be Kayan and find favor in God's eyes. I want to be the Kayan and the Hevel of the new world. Right? Not just the Adam Harishon, but Kayan and Hevel. What does that mean? So what happened? So you know, we all know, that all the bad things that a person can consume come from the Adama. There is no opiate that comes from a cow. It all comes from, in other, in other words, there's this contradiction, like in theory, you think that the guy who's the shepherd, <coughs> that the guy who's the shepherd, he is the, uh, you know, he has to deal with wild animals and they come to kill his sheep and he has to kill them. So you see that these are the bad guys. Farmers, right, you know, farmers, they, they get up in the morning, they put on their jeans, <coughs> and they work for 10 hours, they come back exhausted, you know, they're the, the heroes of society. But in fact, 
In fact, everything that can destroy the human being comes from the earth. And therefore, being a farmer is a greater challenge because if somebody comes and says, tomatoes for, you make this much a kilo. If you grow little puppies and then sell them to some guy in Mexico, you'll make that much money, right? Not this much money. So that the really the, the, uh, the challenge, the challenge is in the, the earth. What did Noah do? What did Noah invent? As far as the Torah tells us, he invented drunkenness. What's drunkenness? Pshita, everybody knows. You can't pass in a shaila if you're drunk. Because you're not, you don't have accurate Torah. Even if you're a great scholar, even if you're a great scholar, you don't have grasp of the Torah. You don't know, see Pesach Frank on the night of, <coughs> on the night of Pesach. Since he held that if you drink four kosos of wine, you're sort of drunk. Right? Everybody knows that you drink four cups of wine, you go to sleep, right? So I see this friend with the Robin Yerushalayim. He knew people were going to come and ask him Shilas on uh, Pesach night. So he did a Seder very quickly, like minutes, just minutes, drank the four cups of wine at the appropriate, at the appropriate place, and then he went to sleep for an hour. So that when the people came to ask him the Shilas, he had already worn off the drunkenness. Kohanim cannot do the service in the temple when they are drunk. Right? When they are drunk. Drunkenness is losing your mind. And losing your mind means you're not connected. You're not connected to the Torah. So who has the greater challenge for losing your mind and not being connected to the Torah? Of course, Kohanim. Who grew the fruits and vegetables. But now, what we that we learned off, we could say, who, else, who knows what else he was growing there, Kayan? You know, okay, he didn't bring, he didn't bring the whiskey to, uh, not whiskey, but he didn't bring the, the wine. He didn't bring the wine as a sacrifice to God. But, <coughs> but the Pesach says, in Tetif, like, you know, if you improve, it's okay, but if you stay the same way, but God speaking to Kayan. The Pentecostal Revelation, you, you kind of have a, a guilty personality. What's he guilty of? So we see that the Oved Adama, the Oved Adama is the difficult personality. So if I had to summarize, I have to summarize uh, uh, Noah. Like, where is the, what's the creation of the doubt in Noah? On the one hand, Noah created tools that enabled people to, to, uh, to uh, work the land with greater efficiency. On the other hand, Noah allowed what was produced in the land <coughs> to take away his mind, to reduce his, uh, to reduce his, uh, his comprehension of things. He became a shikor. As a result of it, he showed there was some indiscretion. I'm not, we're not talking about that. But that's Noah. That's what Rashi says. That Noah was an unclear personality. He was a tzaddik, righteous. He made these tools. He enabled people to work the land better and more efficiently. But he himself, even though he came down and he gave a korban, he gave a carbon to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, 
uh, in the manner of Hezel, animal sacrifice. He was not able to overcome right, the, the difficulties and deficiencies of the land. Of the land. Now, <coughs> I just want to give you another, another uh, take on the word Bidorotaf. Right, remember Bidorotaf? Rashi said maybe it means only in his generation, but in generation of Avram, he would not have been a big, a big righteous, a particularly righteous man, and vice versa. So if you look at the bottom of the page, we'll skip some of it, so it won't be so ominous. This is the Tiferet Shlomo, right? Shlomo Kadmer at Domsk. I've never been to a Domsk, but uh, here he was. This was the Rebbe. Pirish Rashi, he says, he says he doesn't understand. How could Rashi say maybe he is a tzaddik, maybe he's not a tzaddik? The Pasuk says he is a tzaddik. Why should I believe Rashi? I shouldn't believe the Pasuk. So he says, just a second. I'll figure out how to do this. Ulam, <coughs> oh. the third line. He named me Data Tzadikim, Shemelom, Hayot, Pekocham, Gvuratam, Kedushatam, Lagena, Lador. He says, he, he looks at it from a Hasidic point of view. He says, a Tzadik, a Tzadik is not somebody who necessarily does anything. But we understand that he's protecting the generation. That if you didn't have any tzaddikim, we'd all be down, you know, like washed down the toilet somehow. And then, he says, that's what it means, that tzidkatam omedet la'ad. That when you, when you mean that they saved the generation, it doesn't mean only today. But their power of salvation continue, continues through the generations. <coughs> so if you look down, the chen tzaddikim, uh, what line is that? Uh, two, four, six, eight, ten. Yeah, more or less ten. The last words on the line. V'chein kol ha-tzadikim gam acharei yistalkutam z'chutam nishar aleinu. So he says, that's what a tzadik is. A tzadik affects our lives even after he dies. Either through his teaching or through his being a model of some sort, uh, being able to uh, to lead us. You don't have to be alive. You don't have to be alive to be a leader. So he says, "Shamru Chazal Yitziat Tzadik Min Hamakom Osei Roshem Bedorot." He says, "When a tzaddik leaves a place." Everybody gets nervous. If he's the tzaddik of the city, but this is said about Yaakov uh, Avinu, uh, it's, so everybody notices it. You know, it's a different kind of life. It's not. It's not the same. Rishimo nikala olam liyot nishar bracha harav vineh tzaddikim ahem. So the Radomska, the, the he, he said that, that being a tzaddik is a leadership position. 
But it's not only a leadership position for the generation. It's a leadership position for everybody. Right? And that, and uh, I'm sorry, for all generations. Uh, all generations, you look back to the tzaddik and you say, I should be like that. I should be like the tzaddik. I should be like, uh, like the way, uh, the way he, he showed us. Aval Eitzel Noach, here's his pshat. Eitzel Noach, Tav. By Noach, it says, he was a tzaddik in his generation, tzaddik lefanai bedor hazeh. Perusho, kilod nishar achrav katan. Rak bedor hazeh, now Noach was, was a personality who did things for the world that he lived in, but after he died, he was gone. Everybody forgot about him. That's what Chazal meant, that the righteousness of Noah only could affect his generation. He made the tools. He taught them how to how to farm. He was the one who made it possible, made everything you know possible. But that, for his generation, when he died, when he died, no one used him as a model of righteousness. And that's what Ledorotav means, according to according to the Radomska. So when Rashi says that Noah is not like Avram Avinu, he doesn't mean that Noah was not a tzaddik. He's, what he means is that there is there are degrees of righteousness. There's a righteous person who has an effect on the generations, and the other righteous person who doesn't. So that when we say <coughs> when we say Shmon we say Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. What we mean is that the schuyot, that the merit of Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov, what they taught us, remains with us. It's just this understanding that we are descendants of Avram, Yitzhak and Yaakov, which is what we are trying to say. We remember. We remember Avram, we remember Yitzchak, and we remember Yaakov. Remembering, remembering righteousness is a sign of the power of that righteousness. But we don't remember we don't remember Noah because Noah's righteousness Noah's righteousness was supplanted. It's true that Noah made tools, but today we have better tools. It's true that Noah caused a, a, a certain change in the world, but that change was only only the beginning. And today it's uh, it's totally it's totally different. <coughs> so. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Chava, that you'll have pain. You'll have pain in childbirth. Right? That's what it means. Harba Arbeh means a lot. Etzvonech veheronech. The distress of, well, let's say childbirth. Heronech means pregnancy. But today, in modern Hebrew, but I think in the, in the Pasuk it could mean Childbirth, right? That that's like a painful experience. 
But we know that things develop, <coughs> things develop that, and, and the painful aspect of things is modified, is mitigated, and, 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 and that's part of what we call development. So that, that, uh, Adam, uh, 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 the curse to, to, uh, <coughs> to the Isha, was not an absolute curse, just like the curse of the Adama was not absolute. It's more like God said, pain, I mean, if you can deal with it, deal with it. Uh, 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 farming, uh, if you can figure out a way to do it, figure out a way to do it. It was, it was sort of a challenge rather than a, rather than a curse. I think today, everybody, uh, I mean, it's very hard that some rabbi would get up and say that women should, uh, you can't have a baby unless you have a lot of pain. I don't think too many people would go for that. <coughs> so that the shot seems to be, seems to be that, that curses can be modified. That curses can be modified. That's what Noah did. He was able to modify the curse of but he was not able to establish a model of righteousness that we imitate because in his interest of in becoming both Cain and Hevel in proving that he was the like the son he was the son of other Marisha and he was the beginning of all things outside of, of Gan Eden he grew the grapes and made the wine and became and became drunk, and it's a, a, a drunkenness and righteousness are not compatible. But there was a certain righteousness in him. He made it easier for the generation, his generation, to live and to prosper. Have a good shot.